Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It is me, your boy, Big Tasty, joined as always by Jay. How's it going, mate? Not too bad. Um, as, as you just said, another day, another Prime Minister. Yeah, we are bashing out podcasts. We're knocking out Prime Ministers. It's all systems go in the UK at the moment. I, I'd like to not help this Prime Minister. <laughs> at this rate, Penny, well done. It's going to have to wait till like mid-November for her turn. <laughs> there's, yeah, a pl- there's a political sure. joke for you. It's the only one we're ever going to do. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's been a lot of, a lot of upheaval in the... In the um, in the UK government lately. It's almost as if it's professional wrestling. It's like people are getting ousted quicker than WWE executives. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Maybe maybe Vince getting ousted was like a precursor to our government just falling apart. Then we've had all like Ace deals gone. We'll talk about that in a bit as well. So yeah, everyone's getting kicked out this week. It's, yeah. it's, it's weird. Uh, right, so we'll start straight in then. We may as well smash straight into some WWE bits and bobs. Uh, we've got your news, we've got your recaps. We'll start with some news. And we'll start with something coming back, something from well, I can't remember the last time they did it, like four years ago, maybe three, four years ago. They did, they did the actual tournament last year. Oh, did they? Yeah, because Xavier Woods was king was King Woods for like king. six weeks, and then he got injured. King for a day. Yeah, they they made him king of the ring for like six weeks. Had Roman murder him and take his crown. Now he's not King Woods; he's just Xavier Woods again. So this is, of course, uh, Daddy Dave, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reports that WWE has talked about bringing back King of the Ring as a single show. Uh, it would also apparently include Queen of the Ring. So these, as you say, these both ran last year because uh, they kind of ran them like just in general programming last year, didn't they? They just sort of happened. Like- yeah, they had the final, I think it was a crown jewel last year. In fact, it would have been a crown yes, jewel they did, last year. because we, we were doing a concern, just like how are they going to do Queen of the Ring in Saudi Arabia? But they found a way. Mm. I remember yeah. that now. Because, oh, yeah, there was the talk of Woods being Roman's challenger at the Rumble, and then that didn't happen. And no, got they, Seth Rollins. They just gave him a crown and made him, made him go away, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, so this is going to come back, presumably, as a premium live event. Yeah. Um, that's what it seems like, which is which, cool. Cause, like, it, it, it just makes no sense. Like, if you've got your own network to put these things on, why don't you just do them? Why is there any conversation about it at all? Well, they did, they did, they did it as an actual special, didn't they? Yeah. When, uh, when it was King Barrett, um, which was again, I thought that was quite good. It was, it, it meant they had, they could kind of put the, put the special on as its own thing and then go with it from there. Yeah. Sound. Uh, next up, then, um, someone that didn't come back was Daddy Ass was not available for the recent DX reunion. Um, apparently, yeah. he was set to appear at one point, but WWE and AEW couldn't come to terms of an agreement because WWE 
refuse to acknowledge AEW on the on their programming. Yeah, so th- this kind of boiled down to um, so it was, it was weird because Road Dog was doing his Road Dog thing of just like shitting on AEW, going, "Oh yeah, well, we thought Billy was going to be there," and then they said he couldn't do it, and then like it, it come out that part of the like discussion he had about it where there was no money like kind of exchanging hands. It was kind of like a goodwill thing because everyone liked Billy Gunn. Um, yeah. But Tony Khan said either call, like announce him as AEW's Billy, Billy Gunn or um, or like just put like on it on his entrance graphic just put like a little AEW logo on it. Yeah. And WWE just kind of like backed out of that. Um, it's a shame I, I would have liked to have seen Billy Gunn there. Um it's a shame something couldn't have like been figured out between them. I I do think given given the fact that like when Mickey James shown up, they had Impact Women's Champion and she was allowed to come up with the belt and they had like Impact as a like nameplate. Yeah, it's still weirdly like small time from WWE, isn't it? It's still weirdly like like considering they don't they don't claim to see AEW's competition, they're still terrified of talking about them. It's very petty. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a shame. Would have been nice. I mean, they, they did cover it very well when um, I think it was Corey Graves said that he was away doing something with office supplies. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They make little kind of like jokes about about each other, and that's cool. Like, I think at the end of the day, they need to. Both companies need to realize like collaboration is a good thing. Like, yeah. Do you know benefits if they they decide they want to work together? The fucking fans, yeah. Which ultimately is what they should be wanting to do. If they want it, they want more people watching the product. They want more people invested in what they're doing. You want to get a few of those AW fans who are like, oh, I love the acclaimed. I love Billy Gunn. I love Daddy Ass. Oh wait, he's gonna be on Raw. That's awesome. Like I watch Raw, and then they might like they might not like a lot of Raw, but they might go, oh, you know what? I watch Raw, and I love um, Hit Row, or I love. You know, um, Seamus and like the dude with the top with the, with the flat cap, or you know, they're fun or whatever. And like, then they'll start watching again. Or oh, I love all oh, the Bray Wyatt promo was really intriguing. I want to watch more of that. And you know, mm. I, I think as well, like when I'm aware, was... I just named a lot of things that happened on SmackDown there, not Raw. But... I was gonna say, pretty much <laughs> exclusively, named it's because it. I don't like anything that happens on Raw. Oh, you like Johnny Gargano? I like Johnny Gargano and I like Dexter Lewis. There we go. Yeah, um, and Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens. Um, yeah, it's it, it's mad. Like in a time as well where like WWE's product massively improved from like the absolute fucking torrents of shite that they were putting out like this time last year, and AEW's product has pretty much consistently been like solid. And it's, it's and, a, and a, AW's audience has been those lapsed WWE fans who have given up on the product. Now, if any way for you to for you to get AEW stars on your active product to draw a few of those fans' eyes, maybe is you'd think they'd bite your hand off, wouldn't you? But also, like the other thing, like to to the point that I was trying to make is like high tide rises all ships. So if if they're both putting out good products and they're like doing this, where it's acknowledging both, they run on separate nights anyway. It's not like they're fucking taking money out of each other's pockets or taking yeah. ratings away. You can have wrestling every night and it's fine. It's because there is wrestling every night now and it's great. 
if, if yeah, like it's literally as as you say, it gets more like eyes from like the AEW audience on WWE. It gets eyes from the WWE audience on AEW. They might not like it, but it also kind of like it for people who aren't like in that kind of like vacuum of tribalism that Twitter seems to just inhabit these days. It, it's it's just like great to have this much variety. Yeah. Uh, speaking about sort of and again reunions and sort of anniversaries, uh, another thing we've got coming up potentially is uh, WrestleVotes tweeting that they've been told plans are in motion for a 30th anniversary Raw show to be coming up in January. Uh, apparently, original plans prior to the leadership change earlier this year were to have the show in the Manhattan Center in New York City, uh, but they're unaware if that's changed, whether that's still the case. I mean, it makes sense to do it in the Manhattan Center, given that like that's where the first, like, well, pretty much like two or three years of Raw were. Yeah. Or even, I don't know, I, I can't remember if these are the same build nor if it's two separate. I think they're two separate Hammerstein Ballroom. Oh, yeah. That's got the same vibe as, like, the Manhattan Center. But the Manhattan Center is much smaller, well, it, if it I remember is, rightly. It is Hammerstein Ballroom at Manhattan Center. Okay, well, yeah, just use the Hammerstein Ballroom instead of the Manhattan Center. It's 12,000 square feet. It's got a capacity of... And it's only got a capacity of 2,200. Oh, really? Mm. Man, that felt, mu- that felt way bigger when GCW ran that. Oh, no, sorry. Oh. It says it says, it says, oh, it says here it's 2,500 people for the theatrical productions and music performances and several thousand for events held with a central ring. So, okay. there you go. You might be all right there. Yeah, because I know when they did it in the Manhattan Center, the, the setup was really weird. Um, like they they like literally had like fans just kind of sat on one side of the of the building, and then it was it was it was just an odd kind of like set up the whole thing. Yeah. So it can see the, it can see, said, it can seat a thousand people for a seated dinner. Sounds delightful. <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it, I I'd be intrigued to see how they kind of go about presenting it either way, whether they do it there or... I, I feel like for the 30th anniversary, they should do something bigger, though. Like, Yeah. The thing is, like, you, you, what, you're sort of strapping that line, aren't you, between wanting to do something massive or wanting to pay homage to like the original places you, you filmed or in, which were much smaller venues, like Madison Square Garden or, you know, places like that. Funnily enough, I was going to... I was literally about to say they could do it at the Garden. Yeah. That would be like the big thing for them to do, wouldn't it? But well, they did the twenty fifth anniversary show there, didn't they? Uh, they did the twenty fifth. Some of it was at the Manhattan Center, and some of it was at the um, is the Brooklyn Center or where was the one where the Brooklyn? What, what did they do in Madison Square Garden then when FTR got squashed by DX? That was in the Manhattan Center. Oh, was it? I thought it was the Garden. Yeah. Fair enough. Do it in the Garden then. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, right. Moving yeah, on. And the garden on TV for years for some reason. Yeah, and I, yeah, like they used to do pay per views there and everything. They were, it was great. Uh, right, moving on. Uh, Dave, Danny Dave back again. Dave Meltzer noted in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that there have reportedly been pitches for stars who could join Wyatt Six. Uh, the two big names um, who've been put around, or well, not big names, but the two names who've been put around with, with the most sort of certainty are Ring of Honor stars Vincent and Dutch. 
uh, allegedly they've been pitched for a place in the group, and they have been backstage recently on episodes episodes of Raw. Yeah, um, we'll we'll get into it when we cover SmackDown. But there was a very interesting uh, video package which could tease someone else who might be in that. Oh right, okay. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm this whole Bray Wyatt thing is really exciting, isn't it? It's probably the most exciting thing WWE are doing right now. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like Vincent and Dutch, they're obviously two of Bray's mates anyway, so that would help. But also the fact that like like the righteous were kind of like the Wyatt family and Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think it'd be a very good fit for them to kind of do something really cool and creative and- with Bray. Vincent's a top spooky boy as well, isn't he? He's one of all that horror stuff. And yeah, his his whole thing—he was more kind of like Charles Manson than any yeah. like than like Butley the Bray because he's got like that thick New York accent. Um, when he was in the kingdom, he did a few things where like he'd he'd have balloons rise up from like a corner of the ring to the strat someone, and then he'd come from the other corner and just attack them. All right. Um, and yeah, he. he the whole like Dutch joining the righteous was that Dutch basically threw Vincent off a balcony and then with Matt Taven and then become part of the righteous because of that. Oh, fair. Um, but yeah, they're, they're very, very, two very good wrestlers as well. Like, but also certainly fall into the kind of category of what Bray Wyatt's sort of like portraying. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one last piece of news before we move on to some recaps. Uh, WWE officials are optimistic that Becky Lynch could return by the end of the year as her separated shoulder did not require surgery. I mean, one, this is good news because, you know, she's not for too long. But two, it sucks because she spent most of the, well, most of this year out for various reasons anyway. So, yeah, she's kind of had a, a bit of a, a truncated... No, no she, she's, been, she's been back since almost last year. Was she not? Did she not be like, injured? I'm sure she went away and came back. Or did it just feel like that? No, no. She, she was she was pretty much like on TV nonstop because she was women's champion for like a year. Oh fair. I, I always had it in my head that she like missed like part of the start of this year. Like after WrestleMania, she just seemed to disappear out of my consciousness for some reason. No, she was a she was about. She wasn't doing as much. Like she was just she was there. Oh, right. She was there. Maybe she was just booked badly. I mean, it was it was Vince's era of things, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah, the, this like, is... like, the, like the back end of the big time. It's just here. So hang on. Yeah, she lost at WrestleMania to Bianca, didn't she? Yeah. And then. Yeah, she's, yeah, of... she, she's just kind of like meandered around, isn't she? Yeah. They... They basically had her in like a holding pattern until they could get to doing the rematch with Bianca. Um, oh, she, yeah, she's been out. She's been out since SummerSlam, so she's been out for a while. That's why. That's why I'm thinking I've not seen her for a while. She got it in that match. Yeah, uh, that that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What? What's um. So obviously, like, there's a couple of like potential things they could do with her. Yeah. Um. It seems as if damage control versus Bianca's team is going to be a war games match. Yeah, damage control on the pretty much debut episode of Raw took took Becky out by hitting her in an injured shoulder with the chair. Um, I mean, you're talking about the end of the so, year that that always brings up the rumble, doesn't it? Like, it, it does. Yeah, um, 
obviously so I was thinking like more Survivor Series is like the last week in November. Yeah. That might, might be what they go for. If she's ready um, for them, then yeah, fair enough. I mean, the Rumble's almost like lazy booking, isn't it? It's just like if someone's making a return, throw them in the Rumble and it's like, you know. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know, you say lazy booking, I think it's always good though because you like surprises are the best part of the Rumble. Yeah, and the, there weren't too many of them over the last couple of years, so. I mean, last year's surprise return was fucking shame of man. Yeah. Who fucked himself like he was fucking Brock. Tried to politic himself into like coming out number 30. Yeah. I see. We did get Bad Bunny as well, which everyone loved. Yeah. I hope we get Bad Bunny again this rumble. Like, uh, so, yeah, obviously, you hope Becky's back as soon as possible, really, because she's awesome. And the, women, the women's division yeah. kind of needs it. Because if it's starting to feel a little bit stale, I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, the the potential for Raw this week to change that. I mean, there is always Charlotte oh. to come back, so you've got that to look forward to. Oh. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm contractually yeah, obliged to tell you that by by Sarah. No, no. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, there's the potential that Bailey could win the women's title tonight on Raw. So there's that. No fair. And that that would I think sort of freshen it up a little bit because I think Bianca's really good at chasing. Yeah. Well, she's not done a lot of like solo defending, really. It's all been like tag team stuff with damage control, hasn't it, and bits of bobs. Recently, yeah. I mean, she was doing like open challenges and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Triple H's like main kind of concern at the moment is sort of rehabbing all the tag titles and the two men's mid-card titles because the the whale titles kind of like can sort of look after them so, well not so much the the men's whale title because you know that's got that's that's stuck that's but, all the way that's all the way fucked yeah but like the the women's whale titles can kind of like look after themselves to a degree because they they seem to they seem to like always end, end up getting like decent enough Stories to pass it by while while they're trying to while they're trying to sort the other belts out. Yeah, so, the way doing in that division as well. But you know, so then right that'll do us for our raw news. Uh, or raw news, our WWE news. Uh, there was some SmackDown stuff in there as well, presumably. Um, we'll have a quick break. If you're on Jack's radio, you can have some pixies, and we'll be right back in a minute with a recap of Raw and SmackDown. And we are back. Okay, so on to WWE Raw. A little bit of recap for you. So we start out with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar having a big old fight. This was great. Like, literally, Raw opened with Bobby Lashley in the ring, cutting a pro, like, mid-promo, going, going, I'm aware the show's about to start, Brock. I want you out in now uh, to face Um, Brock come out. They just had a big old hoss fight. Um, Ended up with Lashley spearing Brock through like the barricade and then slamming him through the announce table and then getting pulled away by security. Uh, later in the night, they did announce as well these two are going to wrestle a crown jewel. I'm really excited for that match. Yeah. Um, because I think given the right given the right sort of circumstances, Bobby and um, Brock are going to have an absolute banger. Right, though. Next up, we had a match of uh, the OC defeating Alpha Academy. Um, and then after that, Judgment Day came out and challenged them, presuming that they're meaning the OC to a trios match at Crown Jewel. So, presuming that's going to be um, Dominic, Finn, and 
Damien versus Gallows, yeah. Anderson, and AJ Styles. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it, interestingly, as well, that is the same day that Carl Anderson was meant to be defending the Never Open Weight Championship. Um, he's he's since said that he's working this show, but I'd be intrigued to see whether that actually happens. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, um, they, they they backed a dump truck of money up to his house. Yeah, he, he needs a new pool. Keep his wife um, happy. Yeah. Um, next uh, after that, we got um, a really good promo from Seth Rollins. He was basically saying like how he's like the benchmark of the of like the United States Championship division now, and he's the guy to beat, and no one's like in his league. Uh, oh, Mustafar Ali, who they've kind of like been steadily building him up the last couple of weeks. Like he had the match with uh, Bobby Lashley where. Even though Lashley like murdered him, he never gave up. He ended up passing out in the hurt lock, and Lashley sort of shook, like went to shake his hand after the match and acknowledged that like he really took the fight to to him. Um, they end up end up brawling. Um, Seth gets the upper hand, and um, yeah, that basically Mustafa Ali says, "I'm your next problem." Oh, cool! It was a really good promo. Um, it looks like they're going to a feud, which I'm really excited about. Smashing. I remember how just before we talked about how all Bianca Belair does now is tag team stuff with damage control. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Here was damage control defeating Bianca Belair and Candice LeRae in a tag team match. Yeah, this this was quite cleverly done, to be fair. It was um it it was essentially done to set up Bailey getting a shot against Bianca. Um this week on Raw, um, so they basically Bailey took Bianca off the match, and then uh, EO and Dakota hit like then you like double team finish it onto Canvas. No oh, fair to pick up the win. Nice. Um, and then Bailey caught like a little promo, just basically challenging her. Fair. Uh, after this, then we had um, Riddle checks on Ali back or Jimmy backstage. Uh, basically, Miz attacks him. Has attacked him and injured his knee, and they go and get him a doctor, basically. Well, yeah. So um, Riddle goes to Ali, and he's like, "Oh, if, if I um, if I beat Seth tonight, you you're the first person who gets to gets a shot against me." Um, basically, basically just saying, "Oh yeah, I, I admire what you did." Again, they're really doing a good job of making Mustafa Ali feel like a huge deal. Um, and then. Uh, they hear like a scream and Miz is sort of like sat there like on the floor holding his knee and saying he, he slipped over and something and, and yeah, they go get help. Oh, so is Miz trying to like, is Miz faking an it's injury or is Miz like... It's Miz trying to get out of the match with Loomis. Right, okay. And next up then, JBL introduces Baron Corbin as his new protege and then obviously Corbin needs to beat someone so out comes Dolph Ziggler and yeah, Corbin wins. Yeah, um, he's got he's got actual wrestling gear now. It's real ugly. Um, it was like, it part, was of me, like part of me wants it to just be like JBL's face on his ass, you know, like um, Sean Spears had Tully's on his underwear. That that would have been nicer than what he was wearing. <laughs> it was hell. like it was like it was like a black singlet singlet with like long legs, but then like the Undertaker one used to, like used to wear. Yeah, but then. 
down the side from like literally the top to his feet was like a flesh colored stripe. No, no, don't like that. Oh, it, was real, it was real ugly gear. <laughs> real fucking ugly gear. I suppose that's kind of the point. Though. Um, it's, probably, it's probably meant to be horrible, isn't it? Yeah, he, he did. He did incorporate a couple of JBL's like signature moves, like he hit a four-way slam, he hit a clothesline from hell at one point. Um, then did he beat the shit out of the Blue Mini afterwards? Um, no, just Dolph. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I mean, JBL did a really good job of like kind of making Corbin feel like a big deal on commentary. Um, yeah. Are you still blocked by him, by the way? Yep. <laughs> I ain't getting unblocked by JBL ever. <laughs> That, that's a story for another day. Yeah, we'll uh, tell that. We'll tell that on another podcast. Or if you ever see Jay in real life, ask him about it. It's funny. Um, right, next up then, uh, Baron. So I can see where this is going. So Baron Saxton interviews the Miz in the trainer's room. And Johnny Gargano basically tricks Miz into jumping up and proving that his knee's fine. And then yeah. basically Miz just says the reason he's recovered is because he's got superior genetics. Yeah, so Johnny basically comes in and goes, is that Des Lewis? And Miz just jumps off the, like, off the table. And then Byron's like, it's a miracle that you've recovered. He's like, yeah, I've, I've got superior genetics to everybody else. <laughs> and then sort of like shuffles off with like a bit of a face on. Um, Yeah. And then after this, we got a little bit of NXT stuff. Um, This is where I'm kind of speculating with the Carl Anderson thing a bit. Uh, so first off, Cora Jade uh, picks Rhea as a <laughs> representative on NXT. Not on really to report there she basically goes up to Rhea says do you want to beat up Roxanne Perez and Rhea's like I like beating people up yes um, and then a- AJ and the Good Brothers are walking to the ring uh, for AJ's match with Dominic Mysterio uh, Cameron Grimes shows up and asks the Good Brothers to like if they want to um, if they want to like be as part as tag partners against the, the schism on NXT the following day Uh and Gallows says a lot about how Grimes has got lots of kizash. Um and then AJ Styles tries to explain crypto to um to Gallows, which Gallows just doesn't understand. <laughs> um yeah, my, my kind of logic behind this is if if they wanted an out to get um to get Anderson on the New Japan show, they could have him essentially like be attacked by the Judgment Day and Cameron Grimes coming in and take his place. Um, apparently, he isn't he, he isn't done yet with appearances on Raw. He might have a few more. So this is like the kind of logical thing he could do. Right, okay. So they can sort of give themselves an icon out there. But I have, I have heard like much, yeah. basically Anderson himself has said that he's not going to be the New Japan show. He's going to do Saudi instead. Because he wants a big fucking dump truck on money, yeah. Because absolutely nothing to do with money. No. Fine. Uh, next up, then we are going on to the match itself. Dominic Mysterio defeats AJ Styles after distraction from Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I had to put that in there just so people, yeah, you know. Uh, basically, AJ goes for the phenomenal forearm. Rhea grabs his foot off the distraction. Dominic kind of rolls AJ up and then pins him. Do you ever think we'd uh, be seeing Dominic Mysterio beating AJ Styles in a singles match in, in a WWE ring ever? Not in this way, no. <laughs> not this way. Oh. Sad times. Uh, next up, Johnny Gargano. Basically, so this is like he's trying to get Miz to talk about what Loomis has been doing to him, hasn't he? And like, yeah. So th- this was like across like three segments, but the- I put it all into one because it was all back to back. So like, 
as Miz is going to the ring, Johnny's like, why don't you just like say what happened with you and Dexter? Like, Dexter's not going to leave you alone until you address it. And then as Loomis is making his entrance, Miz comes out with the chair, beats up Dexter, skull crushing finales him onto the chair. And then he goes back through the curtain and Johnny's like, I know what happened. Um, maybe I'll uh, be a whistleblower on, on your issues with Loomis and Miz kind of like looks really frustrated about it and it it, it, see, it seems like we're getting potentially Johnny and Dexter versus Champer and Loomis. Right, okay. Well, and that's, that's, and that's a nice way to do Champer Gargano, but in a slightly fresher way as well. Yeah, well, I think I think as well because obviously, um, obviously you've got like the um, sort of ties with the way with uh, Johnny and Dexter. Yeah, and it makes sense for them to kind of do that, like have that kind of friendship there still. Fair. Um, next up, then Elias is back. Yay! Woo, Elias. Um, Riddle comes out. <laughs> He did say at the start that Ezekiel had to retire because of his injuries. <laughs> um, and yeah, they, they've obviously given him a few months off to uh, grow his beard back. It's not as long as it was, but it's there. It's certainly there. But fine, most people won't notice. It's okay. Yeah, and uh, he's grown his hair like back as well. Oh, fair. Uh, yeah, he's, he's trying to do a concert. Riddle comes out and he's that annoying stoner guy with the bongos at the festival, essentially. Yeah. As Elias is about to start the song, Rollins comes out and then it goes into Rollins vs. Riddle, where Elias stays at ringside, notably cheering cheering Riddle on. They kinda they kinda tease like a Riddle and Elias tag team here. Right, okay. Um, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I think it'd work. Um so yeah, as Elias is kind of like at ringside, he's sort of like giving Seth a bit of shit. Seth ends up like super kicking him at one point and then just just basically just being a shit. Um and as after like the super kick, Elias um after a while gets back up. He goes after Rollins, Rollins pushes Riddle into Elias and then hits a stomp on Riddle and picks up the win. And then he hits he goes to hit a stomp on Elias and um Mustafa Ali kind of comes out and makes the save. Um and Seth runs off into the crowd and is very angry. Mustafar Ali's like stood tall Fair. staring down set. So yeah, it was a, a fine episode of Cool. Uh, right, we'll move on. To, um, right? We'll move on to SmackDown then. So SmackDown this week, we start with Solo Sokoa facing Sheamus. Uh, Solo gets the win. Yeah, um, big win for Solo. Um, yeah, it's a big, that's a big that's a statement victory. That. That's a, they're really pushing this, yeah. aren't they? I mean, there was, there was Bloodline and Brawl and Brute's involvement in the match, but still for him to have been on like SmackDown for what, like six weeks and to be picking up a win over a former world champion, that's a big, it's a big victory. Yeah. Um, after the match, the bloodline um, basically like put Chambers' arm in a chair and stamped on it. Um, and he said that he'd broken his wrist after the fact. Was he taken to a local medical facility? They said they took him to a hospital. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. After this, we got a Bray Wyatt promo. Um, it this was weird because he was just backstage in a hallway. Um, 
and it the lighting I think was kind of symbolic because half the room was red, half was blue. Right. Okay. Uh, and he was kind of pacing between the two. Uh, on yeah, he, he was wearing like a jacket with um the picture that he tweeted out of Dante's Inferno, like stitched into the shoulders on it. Um, it was weird. Uh, they also because WWE have this thing where if you know some people love something, they'll just hammer it home as much as they possibly can. Um, they had Bray's new entrance music, uh, Shatter by Code Orange, playing during him doing the promo, and oh, you could right. barely hear. It. it was actually him. Um, the general gist of it is like, look, I'm, I'm not a good person. I, I do bad things. And then he kind of like ends it by going like, I'm a servant to the circle, which obviously he's been putting the, this sort of red circle on his Twitter a lot. Um, and yeah, it, it, at the time I was like, if that's all they're doing with Bray, this episode of SmackDown is a real waste. And I'm glad it wasn't the only thing they did with Bray right. on this episode of SmackDown. Um, we'll get to that in a bit. After this, we got a Bloodline promo. Um Basically, Jay Uso was really fired up about like what they did to Sheamus, and Sammy's like, "Let's, let's get out of here." And Jay's like, "No, no, we're going to attack Logan Paul next." And Sammy's like, "Well, Roman doesn't want us to do that, so let's not." Um, and there's a li- little bit of tension between them. Um, and yeah, j- just more of more of the Sammy Jay tension, which is yeah. good. Then got a Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville match. Uh, this ended in a double count out. Uh, basically, this, they're trying to do the whole thing of like Liv's extreme now. Yeah, um, she's got a little bit more unhinged since losing the women's title. She likes uh, it now. She so likes she likes the violence and she she likes the uh, the carnage. Yeah, so it ended in a double count out because she was basically slamming Sonya's face into the announce table, and then she threw Sonya into the ring, threw a load of chairs in the ring, and then hit a superplex onto the chairs. And was like laughing afterwards and like cradling a chair. Um, and yeah, again, it just kind of like the, the fans loved it as well. So it, it feels like they're doing a little bit of a repackage of Liv, maybe. Um, I know there was a bit of speculation, maybe she could be in Bray's new faction. I'd, I'd be happy with either, to be honest. I think it's it's cool to see they're actually doing stuff with her at least. All right. Nice. Um, yeah. <clears throat> then we got a match that's probably going to make you just do a little cry. Um, Braun Braun and Omos is announced for um, Crown Crown Jewel. Uh, cool little promo with Braun and MVP. Um, Braun's kind of under the assumption Omos isn't there, and then MVP is like, "I never said that." And then Omos comes out and he shoves Braun out of the ring like he's nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean Braun's a big guy as well, you know. So he looked like a little boy next to Omos. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> um, he really did look tiny. So that's um, gonna that's gonna be your work rate match at Crown Jewel, twenty minutes. Yeah, that's probably gonna be like the Braun Ten- Tyson Fury of Te- the technical masterpiece. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> uh, we then get um, quick little backstage promo. Drew basically challenges Carrying Cross to a cage match at Crown Jewel, um, and then it pretty much gets announced immediately. Um, what else we got? Damage control defeat Raquel and Shotty in a women's tag title match. Yeah, this happened. Oh, in a title match? Wow. It, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, like that's one thing. They've been having damage control kind of like 
sort of consistently defending the women's tag titles. As I said before, it feels like Triple H is putting a lot of focus in kind of rehabbing the image of those belts as well as the um, IC and US titles. Yeah. Um, and making them actually means it's good. I, I, I'm I okay with that. Um, after this, we got Ronda Rousey cutting a very heelish promo saying, Fans boo there, she doesn't care for the fans, yada yada yada. Yeah, people said basically um, Ronda just turned heel like during a backstage promo, which seems like a weird way to do it, but I mean she already kinda was, wasn't she? So Well, yeah, just Google Ronda Rousey Sandy Hook and see what happens there. Oof, you said um, it mate, not me. <laughs> don't worry about it. So um, she's been following the Alex Jones trial with, then, uh, inc- with increasing nervousness. Yeah. Um and then we got the the spooky uh, Bray Wyatt video package, which was fucking awesome. It was so cool. Um, I'll try and run this down as quickly and but in depth as possible. So we get the mask that we saw at Extreme Rules, and he's saying, um, he's saying you've been lying to all these people. Soon, soon it'll all be revealed. As he's kind of like, it's, there's a lot of distortion on his voice, and there's a lot of like images flashing up very quickly. So I actually took took the time to watch it like pretty much frame by frame on Twitter because I just like sort of like scroll through it. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of like imagery of people with like sort of like deformed mouth like deformities to their mouths or face facial deformities. Um there was somebody who had long black hair um walking through like a hallway with like a white rabbit mask on which for me, I thought it might have been Bo Dallas. Oh, right, okay. Um, there was rumours that he's coming back, isn't it? So. There's rumours he's back, yeah. Um, There was... I'm trying to think what else there was now. There was a lot more, like, as I say, imagery of that kind of ilk, of, like, people in masks and different sort of masks. There was a QR code that flashed up, and... If you scanned it, it came to like a psych evaluation of Bray Wyatt, and there was a the patient ID was like a phone number. If right. you rang the phone number, um, it was um, it was basically Bray in a really creepy voice, like reciting, "Oh no, not me! I never lost control from the man who sold the world." Um, and then if you look at the code on it, it was it, it gave a timestamp to a scene from Donnie Darko where he's looking in the mirror to kind of like revel in what he is, sort of thing, which is obviously something Bray's been kind of like using as a bit of a, a bit of a thing as a teaser. And then at the very end, another like it, it was it was hard to tell what it was because I think it was a mask just looking at the kind of bone structure of the face, but you couldn't really see properly. So it was like a cowboy hat with like a crown of barbed wire around the, the hat. And then a guy with like a blonde mustache, which was like sort of like plaited. And then like slip back blonde hair. And he just goes, howdy. And it cuts. Right. But the the way the bone structure is on the mask, it looked like it wasn't, well, I say on the mask, on the face, it looked like it was a mask. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really, really cool. Um very again, it, it's cool that he's still kind of doing the sort of the cryptic stuff alongside Well, I am back. I think I think it's good that they've they've got him back. They've got him kind of like the elephant in the room is that he's back. But now it's like, well, 
people enjoyed the chase of figuring out who it was. Now they're figuring out why he's there. Yeah, it's another. It's like yeah. the next mystery. You know, like what? What's his plot? What's the? What's the? The aim? What's the goal? What's? What's he? Who's his first feud? Like what's he gonna do? You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, after this, we got um, a backstage promo with Legado del Fantasma. Um, basically, um, Santos is sat in a chair drinking a, a spirit of some kind. You can't really tell what it is. Um, and he's just like, oh, yeah, like we've got like an empire now. And then it it shows Hit Row and uh, B-Fab says, I've got an idea. And then it's announced... It's announced pretty much straight after this that it's going to be Legado versus Hit Row with a mystery partner. Oh, okay. I don't know whether that's going to be in the shape of a call-up or a debut or whatever, or just just generally just get someone in there. Look at some random guy coming in. Yeah, they could they could throw like I don't know like an LA Knight in there or someone, I guess. Yeah. Um. Right uh, after this, we got Rey Mysterio defeating Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, raided the Eddie chair spot with Gunther to get Gunther kicked out of, of the ring. Yeah, there. I actually saw this match. It was it was pretty fun. Yeah, they had really good chemistry. Um, Ray is just like ageless, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he was doing and, this shit like before we started watching wrestling. You know, it's, it's insanity. Yeah, and uh, love it, guys. It's just awesome. It's great to see him actually getting some ring time and not just being like Gunther's hype man. Um, yeah, really fun match. So I'd say go check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, and then the end, Logan Paul promo, the crowd were booing him very loudly. And he was just like, look, I'm, I know I'm a YouTuber. Just come here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Jay Uso attacks him, gets sparked out. And Sammy's just like kind of stood at ringside, like looking dismayed because he, like, come, he comes down to basically pull Jay off him and say, Jay, look, Roman said he doesn't want this. Like I'm, I'm on orders from the tribal chief, and then Jay kind of like, because Sammy said it, he's just like, nah, fuck you, and just like gets back in the ring and starts trying to stamp on Logan, and Logan just jaws him. Yeah, now the, the whole point isn't it that they're billing like the fact that Logan just needs one lucky one, shot to, to not run it, and he gets it against Jay here, so it's like, oh, is he going to do the same thing to Logan at, at Crown Jewel? Yeah, spoiler, probably not. Well, unless Ronda Rousey's booking it, she said Logan should win. <laughs> Ronda Rousey says a lot of things. Don't worry about it. Uh, right then, that's going to wrap up the WWE bits and bobs for this week. Uh, we're going to have a quick break on Jacks. We'll have a bit of Franz Ferdinand and some Kasabian because we're doing early 2000s indies this week, apparently. Um, we'll be back very soon with some AEW bits and bobs. We'll see you in a minute. And we are back. I've already said bits and bobs far too many times this podcast. I can't say oh, it anymore. The rest, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna swear off it now. <laughs> we'll start. Bullshit, though. Well, then um, we'll start with some AEW news and a big bit of, bit of a big one. Uh, not something I thought I wanted until very recently, but uh, Chris Jericho has signed a new contract with AEW, which will start in January 2023 and run through 2025, including giving him increased responsibilities with training and mentoring talent. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like um, with Jericho's kind of run as the um, as the Osho, the ROH champion, he's um, he's really kind of like showcased his value in the sense that he can still go, he can still have absolutely awesome matches like 
Yeah, I, th- I think he's really stepped up like since All Out and since they've they've AW locker room sort of needed a bit of a leader. Like the guys like Mox, the three names always mentioned are Mox, Danielson, and Jericho are the ones who are stepping up all the time to, to sort of lead the company, aren't they? Yeah, um, I feel like Jericho's got the kind of presence that like you hear like them talk about like the Undertaker having in like the sort of early like twenty tens where he was there like as the sort of like elder statesman. Yeah, just making everyone making running wrestlers court, making people buy cases of bubbly for the boys in the back. Yeah, just just craving piss soak knives. Um, <laughs> what well, yeah. an, an interesting little side story on this is apparently people in WWE expected Jericho to go back to them in twenty twenty four. Yeah, which is mad because, like, why would why would they think that when? They're not allowed to speak to him about any kind of contractual issue. Well, you know, uh, they obviously they just thought, oh, we'll do his AW little. They just think, oh, he's just going to do his little holiday over in AW. He's going to sort of like do what he wants, have his little fun time, and then he's going to come home for. He's going to come back home for a good old Hall of Fame induction, you know. Yeah, I feel. I feel like because Jericho said like this is like his last run, and he's never out. Like, he's never like outwardly said he's going to retire. He's just this is my last run. Yeah, but we don't know how long he means by that. Like we thought he might go. In the MGF feud, didn't we? And how wrong we were. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad he didn't as well. Like his, his work and fucking awesome recently. Any other year, I think he'd be in conversation for rest of the year. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I think I think with Jericho, like his his way, while he's been having good matches all year, I think his actual like way that being like where it is now has only been really maybe the last sort of two and a half months. Mm. But it's been phenomenal. Like I thought, oh, yeah. I was. I thought I was sick of Chris Jericho. I thought, I, I thought I kind of had 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 enough. But like the matches been putting on in, in and around the Ring of Honor, like Sphere, have been fantastic. Mm. And even his matches with um, Mox and Danielson. Yeah. Uh, so more contract news and but of a different variety now. Um, it's widely believed that AEW and CM Punk are negotiating a buyout of his contract. It's thought that the one thing they're sort of sort of working through at the moment legally is a no compete period, uh, because obviously the one thing AEW don't want is they pay him a load of money to basically sack him, and he turns up next week in WWE, which it would be like you know massive a massive bonus for the other for, for WWE, and it make AEW look real stupid if a guy they just paid a shit ton of money to just took it and went to another company. Yeah, um, one thing to note of this though is that WWE have said to have zero interest in bringing Punk back. Yeah, it said and, that someone, quote, high up in WWE doesn't want it. Like, is that Triple H? Because I know they really hate each other. Probably Triple H. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, well, one thing they kind of, like, alluded to is that Triple H had kind of said that if there's money to be made, he'll he'll kind of look past any kind of grievances when asked about something like that. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was about someone else, but I think Punk, punk going in in the sort of mind frame that he was in at All Out, which you've got to think he's still going to be bitter and angry about that because it's Phil Brooks. He's a bitter and angry man. Yeah. Um. He, he's he's surely like you're not going to trust him to go and sit there like to to go in to go anywhere and not be a problem because even one thing that come out as well. Um, about in regards to CM Punk was um, Wade Keller said he'd asked a few people like 
where like he said moderately high up the card about whether if they did like a vote of the, the locker room who'd want punk back. And one said no one would want him back. Another said the majority wouldn't want him back. And then another said, I think at least like I I, I think it would be basically like a few people would, but mm. the vast majority wouldn't. So basically at this point just FTR. <laughs> Probably, yeah. So what you're trying to tell me is Eddie Kingston was right when he cut that program and said nobody wanted him here. Pretty much. <laughs> Man, that uh, promo hits that promo hits different now, doesn't it? When you listen to it nowadays. So does the hangman one though that like upset punk? Yeah. Well you, you see it. that. Or, or the MJF one that MJF did before the dog collar match. Yeah. Where he's like, your mask's gonna slip, everyone's gonna see you for the real person you are, all that's like oh, sometimes, God, yeah. sometimes truth hurts, doesn't it? Sometimes art does imitate life. Uh, and um, one last little one last little piece of news to go in with this whole bundle. Um, I'm sure people are aware. Uh, this week, A Steel was released by the company. And apparently he was surprised that it happened. <laughs> yes, he thought they were going to bring him back after he bit a man. After he bit, like, one of the fucking CEOs as well. Oh, my oh, God. I mean, there's, there's like, there's, you know, there's, there's power positivity, isn't it? And then there's this. Yeah, that's like me going into like my fucking my like corporate headquarters where I work by taking a chunk out of the fucking the arm of like one of the CEOs and then like going, All right, I'll I'll see you on Monday then. Imagine going home from like work and your wife being like, So uh, what what happened at work now? I bit Kenny, but you know what? I've got a feeling the investigation is gonna be fine. I'm gonna be okay. I mean, it he didn't have to have that conversation with his wife because she was in the fucking room. No, Punk's wife was it? Oh no, it, oh, it was A Steel's wife in the room. Yeah, A Steel's wife was in the room. Yeah, trying to uh, trying to calm Larry down, calm Larry down. So was Kenny. But more, more to more to the point to like mention that as well. What was what was his wife be thinking to see him like going feral on another human being, <laughs> like sink his teeth into Kenny Omega's flesh, like Jesus Christ, and like, like thinking, fucking hell, did I marry a dog man? <laughs> Actual Wolfman, A Steel. Um, yeah, I might go as a steal for Halloween. Just, just have like a Kenny Omega dollar mouth. <laughs> just have like an arm. <laughs> chewing on all the like. uh, Right, onto a bit of good news for someone who's coming back, not someone who's on the way out. Uh, Thunder Rosa has revealed that she is currently aiming for a January return from her injury. Yeah, um, obviously she got a back injury. Um, seems to be like we're building up towards. Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm eventually happening. Yeah. It'll be intriguing to see though how they handle it. Like one thing with interim titles, I I'm kind of like feel like I'm in the minority that I don't mind it because I'm a UFC fan and I understand like, it's what, what they do in it's what they do in UFC, it's what they do in MMA, it's what they do in boxing, you know. Yeah. Like I, I know like a lot of people it kind of hurts the brain as to what it what it means. Um but yeah, I, I I don't mind it. Um, that being said, the 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 issue that kind of lies there is how do you address like Tony Storm at, at this point? If we get to Revolution, will have held the interim title for almost the same amount of time as Thunder Rose has held the women's title up to Tony winning the interim title. Yeah. How do you address that? Like you just make up a match. Yeah. You? I do you think there's a, a chance in hell that Thunder Rose beats Tony Storm? In this title match, uh, yeah, 
you think Tony? Think, you think Thunder Rosa wins? No, I think I. I don't think she wins. I think there's a chance she could win. Mm, I don't know. It, it seemed like they were Tony Storm seemed to be the one coming up the hill, didn't she? At the at the point where Thunder got injured, I think I, it was I feel like I feel like Thunder Rosa's title reign was definitely like in its sort of twilight, in, in its death throes. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, one one way of looking at it is that like. I don't want to say it was a bad rain, but it wasn't a good rain. It was just there, it was, wasn't it? It was just matches. The matches were good. Like I enjoyed the matches. There just wasn't any meat to like sort of sink your teeth into. Like we, we were so spoiled because we had Brit, who was this like massive personality, who was able to like do these massive storylines out of nothing. And like Thunder Rosa's just not that person. She has not the per- that she, she can't put herself across the way the Brit can. She she like. Yeah, like the first couple of weeks of her being champion, she was just cutting out, coming out and cutting these rambling promos, and it really kind of hurt the presentation of it. Yeah. Um, which is a shame, but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. All right. All right. Speaking of things that are going to happen in 2023, according to Fightful Select, AEW are set to work with Warner Brothers Discovery on a behind-the-scenes documentary that will follow a group of AEW wrestlers. Talented staff were informed about plans for the documentary in the last week, and wrestlers were given the option not to be involved. Filming for the documentary will begin on November the 2nd at Dynamite in Baltimore and will continue for six weeks until the AEW show in Garland, Texas on December 14th. And this series will supposedly air in 2023. I'll tell you what, I hope the... uh... I, I imagine they're hoping that the uh, full gear uh, press media scrum's going to be uneventful compared to the other. <laughs> Especially if you've got a fucking film crew there. Maybe that's why they want Punk out the company sharp before this all kicks it, off. Punk literally thinking about it literally took his like, obsession with trying to be the new Bret Hart too far by recreating <laughs> fucking wrestling with shadows. Oh god, yeah. Uh, it's interesting that this is a thing that that they're going to do because I feel like we already get quite a lot of backstage AW access in between, like what when BTE comes back, Sammy's vlog, um, like the road to things they do, like the podcast, Downhausen's vlog, the podcast they do, the stuff Ethan Page, like so many, so many of their, their own talent do backstage stuff. They have a backstage podcast as well, which is like sort of backstage stories. They have like the, the say the, the lots of shows on YouTube, so it's going to be interesting how they manage to show a different. Use this to showcase another side of of the backstage. Obviously, it, it, this will be fully real life. It won't be like cause, um, the road two stuff. Are always in like sort of character on the and it's like sort of uh, promos for matches and stuff. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this how this all comes about and who's involved as well. Will be I think will be really interesting. I mean, Sammy yeah. Sammy, Sammy Guevara is going to be all over this, isn't he? Probably and Ricky Starks, I imagine. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting for sure to see like how like what they do if they do it like. What comes to mind is either WWE 24 or the WWE 365 shows that they put out where yeah. it's kind of like behind the scenes following them on like the day of events and stuff like that and like how they get to certain points. Now, the second question is what's going to happen in the six week period? Why this six week period? Is, is something big? Are we going oh, yeah. to because if it's just if it just is six weeks of dynamite, then that's not really very exciting, is it? But if it's like here's all this mad shit that's going to happen, then all of a sudden, well, it's it's centering around full gear, isn't it? Mm. Tony usually likes a big debut round. Winter is coming, so they'll probably have something big happen there, which will be that. 
Um, it, within that time period, one thing that's obviously probably going to happen is the, the coronation of MJF as the world champion. Yeah. So you'd probably expect uh, him to feature a fair bit, wouldn't you? Which would be nice because you don't really see him outside of, like, shoot. Outside, mm. of work, outside of work recordings, do you? So. I mean, that, that, he's always working. He's like Piper. Yeah. He's, he'll, he'll be in character if he's on something like that. I don't think he would be on it. But I think that six-week period there, I think that's sort of maybe telegraphing something that might be happening. Or something big might be happening. Because mm. if you're going to wear this like six months after you've filmed it, you have to, oh. you can't just, you can't just be like, oh, here's a look back at Dynamite six months ago when we just did like four shows. It's got to be, it's got to be like, oh, here, remember that time when this happened? Well, this mm. is the backstage, like all around when that was happening. Also, in that time period, there's a final battle as well. Yes, true. I'd love to see a bit of ROH on there. Give me a. I want to see what Dalton Castle's like. I want to see a peacock at rest. <laughs> uh, right then, last story. Bit of a sad one to finish up the AEW news. Uh, AEW's lead video engineer Brian Munster unexpectedly passed away last week. Uh, he was only he wasn't he was only late thirties, something like that, early forties. Yeah. Um, he basically been in the professional wrestling business for over 13 years uh, leave behind his fiance as well as two young children uh, there is a GoFundMe up um, which we will put up on Twitter at some point if anyone wants to go and throw a few quid in there, no times are hard but you've got a couple of spare quid knocking around it's a nice place to put it uh, if you go on that GoFundMe as well, a lot of interesting names a lot of the AW talents throwing some cash in uh, Jericho going big, he always does um, Cody Parker, 25 grand Tony Carr did 25 grand. I think the network did 10 as well. Um, mm. Even like Cody put a, put a grand in. Um, people like Layla Hirsch, all the way down to like Layla Hirsch have contributed. Darby put some money in. Keith Lee. Like it's just, just show this guy was, this guy was like universally loved by, by everyone who he worked with. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's telling, isn't it? When there's people who were in the company for not that long who would put money in. Mm. And uh, apparently he was very, integral to the way that like the AW product could kind of been like sort of like come across. And, and it goes and it goes without saying like a lot of AW's video packages over the last year or so have been absolutely phenomenal. And it's probably down to partly yeah. down to him or at least all the way down to him. And I know Excalibur was talking about him during um, the main event of Rampage and he sounded like on the verge of tears. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, there was a um I don't know if it was the end of Rampage or the start of Rampage. There was like a video package it and was the end, the end of Rampage, and they, they finished the with like a picture of him and his partner. Yeah, and Excalibur like sort of narrated it, just explaining who he was, and he, he sounded really torn up as he was doing it as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a real, real shame. Um, and yeah, we'll I will definitely be sharing on that go. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, even if you just want to go and check it out and see the people who contributed, and just sort of get a picture of how how respected and how loved he was by the people in the industry, yeah, that'd mm-hmm. be yeah. And again, shout out to Cody. He never forgets that the AW family does he? you know. No, it's great. Top lad. Uh, right then, we're going to have a quick break here for the Jacks Radio folk. We can have some royal blood and we're going to pop back with some AW recaps. Okay, and we're back. We'll start out with some AW Dynamite. This was actually Tuesday. This feels like so long ago, doesn't it? This was Tuesday Night Dynamite. It was a week ago. Yeah. It feels like a year. <laughs> it, it was crazy. Um... So we started out with the well, the work rate match of the night, which was Death Triangle versus Best Friends for the Trios Championships. God damn, this match was insane. Oh, it was so good. 
just any any time you get packing orange Cassidy, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about this before. Like packing orange Cassidy, you've just got the special sauce. They know what they're doing with each other. Yeah, and so the best friends and Lucha Bros as well. It seems. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for friend. I can't wait for them to have another best. You know, like best friends did the car park match. They did the anarchy, arcade anarchy. I can't wait yeah. to have like a bonkers match with the Lucha Bros and do something crazy in it. Ah, it's coming, isn't it? Yeah, definitely coming. Um. Yeah, this, this was awesome. Uh, the the main talking point really was that Phoenix stopped Pack from using the hammer. Yes, he did. After yeah. after Danhausen tried to and Pack just annihilated him, basically. Yeah. Um and there was a little bit of little bit of tension between uh Pack and Phoenix as a result of this. I thought that was gonna lead to a title change, you know. I I did a little bit. <laughs> they 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 got me just enough to make me believe I, that it was gonna happen. They're definitely, they're definitely telegraphing that it's coming, for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get to the rampage because it's a little. Yeah. That, that, that's, that, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely insane match. Really, really good fun. Um, I think Phoenix got the win, didn't he, with the the Phoenix driver? Yeah, Phoenix won with the Phoenix driver uh, on Trent. Because Trent's like, I've got a new neck now. It's sound, don't worry about it. Yeah, Trent's just putting that new neck under the through the ringer. Uh, yeah, really, really fun match. I definitely checked that one out. It was it was super good fun. Really fast paced. Uh, there was a moment where I thought Chuck Taylor was getting the pin, and I jumped out my fucking chair. Oh god, <laughs> gets the pin for when they eventually win belts. I'll be so happy. <laughs> uh, next up, then we had women's action: um, Tony Storm versus Karushida. Again, super really really fun match. Um, Tony Storm, I think, is quickly becoming one of the top workers in this division. She, I mean, she, we said she's been good for a long time, but she's, I think, she's approaching that level now where she can have a good match with anybody. Yeah, she feels like the kind of crown jewel of the women's division at the moment, and she were like, I don't you, think, you... I don't think she's like the very very best in ring. I don't think she's the very very best promos, but I just think she's like eight out of ten at everything, and you can just let it go with whatever she does. Yeah, like she, she's. She's kind of like the equivalent of like what Moxley is to the men's division, where you can just say John Moxley go have a match with whoever, and it's going to be a good match. Yeah, and she's she's like that. Just you put Tony Storm in the ring with anybody, she's going to have a good match with them. And if that person is a Karushida, then she has a great match with them because Cheetah is also awesome. Yeah, and I mean that then then seemingly the next match that Tony Storm's going to have is going to be a banger based off this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after the match, yeah, Britt Rebel and Jamie Hayter attack. Sheether and Tony as they're about to shake hands. Uh, Soraya comes out and uh, Britt brawl through the crowd. And then... Soraya, no, oh, hang on. Soraya comes out and literally throws herself at Britt, proving that she has, oh, in, yeah, fact, like, proving that she has in fact been cleared to wrestle. Yeah, like if, if getting punched in the neck repeatedly by Britt wasn't enough to show my neck's fine, this'll do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm still I've still got the fear, but um <laughs> I've got less of the fear because I feel like it, it's not it's not like when um when like Brian Danielson came back from retirement and he hadn't really done anything super physical until that match that he had at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I was I was a bit like, oh god, God, I'm a bit nervous here. Um it, it at least the kind of like the letting her do some physicality to get her ready for the well, 
the the inevitable match surely with her and Britt. Yeah, that's that's at, definitely where they're going, isn't it? At full gear. Um but yeah, uh Riho comes back, makes the save. Love to see it. Love a bit of Riho. Uh Riho versus Tony Storm, please and thank you. But yes. we are this week on Dynamite getting Riho versus Jamie Hayter, which yes, please. Oh my god, Jamie Hayter's gonna kill her. In a in a glorious way. She's gonna Jamie, she's, she's gonna, she's gonna close on it into the sun. Oh god, poor Rio. Uh, next up then we've got um Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt cutting a promo backstage. Uh, Darby Allen's there. They basically do an attack on him and Jay Lethal just loses his shit here, doesn't he? And he's like trying to trap him under a shutter and like beating him up and putting him in the figure he four. Under a shutter and then puts him in a figure four, which is just mental, but sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun. I mean I'm not. We 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 all know Jay Lethal's got his problems, but I'm, I mean, I mean, I mean, on this purely for Sanjay Dutt because he is an absolute treat. Sanjay's fantastic. I love Sanjay Dutt. He's so good. Uh, next up, then uh, a little promo to make a match for next week's Dynamite, which is going to absolutely fuck. Um, oh, FTR God. and Swerve and our Glory are going to fight for the number one contendership. Yeah, um, Cash Wheeler's said he's been preparing by drinking loads of tequila, watching Swerve and our Glory matches. Um, yeah. so they're going to knock fucking lumps out of one another I can't wait yeah it's going to be tasty uh, Keith, um, Keith did also tease that like again bit more bit more tension with Swerve I feel like this is going to be the end of Swerve and our glory and we're probably going to get Swerve versus Keith at um, full gear at full gear yeah um, fair next up then probably the promo of the year oh god there's this is going to take some top, and I, I can't think of anything that was as good as this. And I was thinking about it as well, like last week's promo with Hangman and Mox, me thinking the same thing. Yeah. So this was MJF comes out. So Regal's in the ring first, getting interviewed. MJF comes out to interrupt him. MJF basically, as you predicted, Jay cuts a promo about how when Regal was in NXT, MJF went for a tryout and he didn't quite make it. And he got told, you know, to go away, to work and work and work and work and work. And he did. And Regal never called him back. Regal stopped paying attention to him. And how he hates Regal now because he sort of like, you well, know, told him he, he wasn't he said, good enough. Yeah, he said that Regal told him, like, Regal saw how good he was and then found out his age and was like, oh no, you need to season yourself a bit more. Yeah. And then Re- Regal told him to send him a match or a promo or something that he'd done that month and he'd kind of evaluate it. And he was like, the first like, two or three months you did that great. And then. One day you just, I sent you it and you emailed me back saying, Max, I'm a very busy man. I don't have time to be looking at looking at this. Um, and Regal, Regal was getting booed for that as well. Yeah, like, Regal, Regal had mad heat. And then Regal turned it round and everyone kind of like turned with Regal as well. Which yeah, Regal, Regal just turned, like he basically held up the mirror, didn't he? Reflected it and destroyed MGF with his own, with his own like hatred, basically. So yeah, Regal had like this maniacal look on his face while MJF's like saying all this stuff and he's like grinning like a fucking lunatic. And then like basically Regal says says, Yeah, you were a nineteen year old kid and you sent me all this stuff and I told you where to go. And if it if it all it took was like an email to drive you to do better. Then count yourself lucky. I was sixteen and working in a carnival, getting lumps knocked out of me, crying myself to sleep, and just basically like, basically going back for another to show I to show I belong there. And so if you if an email is all that it takes to upset you, you've had it lightly. Um, 
And then it ended beautifully. It ended with Regal basically saying to MJF, "Go on, then do what you have to do. Like if you need to, yeah. if you need to, if you need to take me out, take me out." Well, Regal brought up the whole like dynamite diamond ring as well, didn't he? Like you're relying on this little ring. He's like, he's like, you use it as like an escape strategy. I use these brass knuckles because I want to hurt somebody. Um, and then like Regal turns his back on MJF and just like holds his hands up. MJF puts the dynamite diamond on and then just like sort of storms off. Yeah, um, it, was, it was it was absolutely supreme. It was like it oh, was like the ending of it was like the ending of a Scorsese movie or something, wasn't it? And, and like the sort of tension and like the the sort of threat and like the danger. It was just it was just palpable. It was palpable in the air, like the the, the fear and the and the like. You felt like yeah. at any point something horrible was going to happen. Well, one thing as well, which I think it, it's not been mentioned really at all. Um, when I was looking on social media to see if any like anyone reputable in wrestling said this. Um, there's a lot of talk about, obviously, like MJF kind of like mirrors CM Punk with a lot of these sort of like promos and stuff like that. This, for me, felt like it was like mirroring that promo code he had with Jake Roberts. Yeah. Where, and again, it MJF bring, keeps bringing up that Cody's like his mentor as well. So to have... To have a mirror and like the two sort of like sides of the coin, CM Punk and Cody Rhodes is very, a very cool kind of dynamic. Um, again, like what what I said last week, which, but I, I I'd, I'd say I got like eighty five percent right. Was yeah, you were you were pretty much all the way there. To be fair, like was, close close enough that I was giving you full credit when 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 it was happening. Yeah, M- MJF <laughs> basically changing and changing his origin story to suit him. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I this this was fucking incredible. I don't think anything for me is going to top it. Um, and 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 considering the year of promos we've had, mostly from MGF as well, like all the CM Punk stuff. Yeah, it's it's going to take a lot. It really ridiculous. Right then, we'll we'll move on uh, again. Just go and watch. That. I'm pretty sure they must have put it up on YouTube because it was the, the highlight of the entire they, show for, for a lot of people. Put the whole thing up on YouTube more or less immediately after Dynamite. Yeah, so finished. at least definitely go and check that out. It was utterly phenomenal. And uh, next up, then uh, Renee Paquette was having a sit down with Brian Danielson and Wheeler Uther. Really, really liked this. I thought this was excellent. Yeah, um, this is so what Dan- Renee, this is what Renee brings to the table, and this is why she's here, and it's great to see it. Yeah, so Danielson was kind of feeling very downtrodden about being suckered in by Daniel Garcia and Utah was really fired up and he like turns around to Daniels and goes you're the best in the world You, the fact that you were like sort of harping on about uh, Daniel Garcia when I'm right here was it made I, I took that personally mm-hmm. and doesn't he slap Danielson as well or did I imagine that no I think I don't think he got, I think he got physical but no Utah was pissed was the, yeah, was the were here Dan- Danielson looked like Shook by what Yuta said. Um, I, we're getting Danielson and Yuta versus uh, Jericho. Garcia, yeah. Be intrigued how that match plays out. Yeah, really would. Um, the, there's a lot of moving parts in it. Obviously, with like Yuta kind of feeling slighted by Danielson, it, it it does feel more like Yuta's like sort of like closer to Claudio and Mox than he is Danielson as well within the Blackpool Combat Club. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That Danielson almost feels like the sort of like the odd part of the Blackpool Combat Club because of that as well because they're very they're very tight and then Danielson still comes out the heel tunnel he's still yeah. he's, he's, he stands but he stands alone doesn't he a lot of the time 
Like, yeah, he's still like a dickhead. Like Uther and Uther and Claudia come out together sometimes on like the same entrance. Or he's standing, you know, he's yeah. by himself. Yeah, it, it's it's cool. Um, really intrigued where this is going. If if this leads to Danielson versus Uther, yeah, a full game, <laughs> I'd be very happy with that. Uh, right then, next up, another quality match: uh, Chris Jericho versus Dalton Castle for the Ring of Honor Championship. Dalton Castle's entrance is a thing of absolute beauty. Right. I'm just going to say it. Dalton Castle needs to be on TV every fucking week. Yeah, whenever Dalton Castle's not on TV, everyone should be asking, where's Dalton Castle? Dalton Castle is, like, made for, like... Like, that's the thing as well. So, obviously, it looked like he was going to get signed by WWE um, a good couple of years ago, and he opted to stay with Ring of Honor. And then, again, similar thing happened with AEW, and he opted to stay with Ring of Honor. Dalton Castle's made for that, like that level of production. Yeah, like a bigger sort of production value thing. The I mean, whole way is. I mean, imagine, imagine it, it won't happen now. But imagine a Dalton Castle WrestleMania entrance. Oh god. Or even just, or even just an AEW pay per view or something like that. You know. Yeah, I mean, this this final battle, you might do that on a bigger. Yeah. Bigger scope. Well, this um, match, this match was really good fun though. Um, Jericho kept up with Dalton really well. Uh, Jericho kicked out the bangerang, which was which was big. Mm. Dalton, this was the first match that Jericho won without cheating. Yeah, but also like Dalton Castle, like did so, like he, he looked the part. Like again, it, it's we we go on a, a lot about like John Moxley, like making people look good in defeat, and I feel like Chris Jericho did this with Dalton Castle. He gave so much to Dalton. Yeah. Uh, shout out as well to Jake Hager getting absolutely beaten on by the boys on the outside, and then they re- they took his hat off him, and that made him hulk up. And oh, that was so funny because they were just slapping him with. He was like, ah! <laughs> and then they took his hat off, and he was like, "I love that hat!" <laughs> and he just went rage mode and just and destroyed just them, murdered all of the boys. Oh, it was, yeah, it was fantastic. And then Jericho wins with a, a sort of a Judas effect out of nowhere, basically. Yeah, like Dalton really. There was a couple of times where it felt like Dalton was going to beat Jericho, um, which again it, it's kind of like a testament to how good Jericho's been this year. Yeah, like well, when, when the when the bang ring hit, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's no one there made, to make the save." Like this could be it, and like it wasn't. He kicked, he just kicked out. And I was like, "All right, okay, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's fair enough." Yeah. Uh... So yeah, really fun match. Uh, just get Dalton, just sign Dalton Castle. Give, give me that all at least. Um, we have to speed up a little bit. Um, Christian Cage yeah. comes out. He wants to get Lucha Service some gold. Yay! Oh, um, quickly as well after the match. Um, Jericho tries to attack Riccaboni. Oh yeah, and Jerry Lynn comes out to save him. But Jericho so crazy. Jerry, Jerry Lynn on the on the belt. Yeah. Oh no. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, Christian Cage wants to get Lucha Service some gold. Yay! Uh, Jay Cargill is going to hijack Rampage because she still hasn't got a belt back. Yay! Uh, and then we're on to the main event. The uh, main event was phenomenal uh, right the way through until the last 10 minutes. Um, it felt like an enormous match. It started out with Hangman ambush and Moxie during his entrance. They brawl in the crowd. Hangman jumps off the ramp, off the like archway, doesn't he? He did He did like a moonsault off like a bleacher, didn't he? Yeah, it was It was an insane start. It, it felt like a huge match, and they, they treated it like a huge felt match. Like a huge match. Um, yeah, unfortunately, um, I'd hump... Uh, Hangman had Mox like bleeding like really early on. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Mox hit Hangman, hit Hangman with the King Kong Larry and legit knocked him out. 
Yes, so he he sort of went for an inside out, but he didn't because I think because he was like sparked out, he didn't quite get over. It landed like on his neck uh, and on the side mm-hmm. of his head. Uh, fair play to Paul Turner. Uh, he was on the ball. Yeah. He stopped the match straight away. Stopped the main event. Took some balls to do it, which was great. Um, yeah. As soon as Hangman landed, he ran over and was like, "You're right." And then Mox went to got like go over, and he was like, "Oh no, no, no!" And he called the doctor in and then stopped the match. Yeah. Moxley looked really pissed off, but then as you can see, like as Paul Tan is like explaining to him, he's like, "Oh shit, okay, yeah." Yeah, he, um, was, he was praying as well when when they were uh, cutting to the commentators, apparently. Yeah, um, and he cut like a really good promo, like after just saying, essentially just saying, like, because we didn't know the severity of it at the time. Like there, there was a genuine fear Hangman had broken his neck. Yeah, because he wasn't moving. Because um, he wasn't moving up, no. um, and. Mox was basically like saying, I hope, I hope like we get to do this again properly. Um, and I hope yeah, and he, like, he was okay. saying, like, obviously, it's dangerous. We take risks every time we get in the ring. You know, mm. we know, we know, we know the risks. We know how dangerous it is. And he did, he did a really good job. And luckily, it was Cincy and it was Moxie City. And Moxie could just like read the fucking phone book and people would pop for him in Cincy. So, yeah, I, I, they did a really good job as well of kind of obviously sort of like. The last ten minutes of the show on the fly. Yeah, they give us something big. Right. So they got Mox. Mox called MGF out. MGF comes down. Obviously, there's a huge pop. MGF teases that he's going to cash in on Mox there and then, but he doesn't. He says he'll cash in for full gear. Yeah, and William Regal is fucking giddy at ringside. Is, do, you, do you think there's a chance Regal does the dirty on Mox for full gear? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I, <laughs> I'm convinced. Like Regal and MJF as like a sort of like Regal's real mentorship. Mm. He's it's like it's like Star Wars. He's actually he's the Sith Lord all along. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> um, yeah, like Regal's like practically frothing at the mouth when MJF like give he gives Regal the chip and he goes, Keep hold of that. I'm cashing in a full gear. Yeah. I'm gonna obviously fair. I want you hundred percent to show you why I'm better than you and you know it. And Regal's like got this like maniacal look on his face. That's awesome. Right. So that'll do it for Dynamite. Uh, right, we'll move quickly on to Rampage. Rattle through Rampage. Not an awful, not a great amount to talk about here, but we'll, we'll bang through it. Uh, start out the acclaim, defeat the varsity athletes to retain the AW Tag Team Championships, and they, re- they get back their right to use the word scissor in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and just for special, a special point at the end, they stomp Mark Sterling's nuts, and then Bowens gives him the topper of scissor. Scissor me timbers. JR shouts scissor me timbers, which is an absolute truth. Yeah. Uh, the, only, the only thing I couldn't place, um, so Max Caster makes a reference to winning rings on Tuesday, and I can't, don't know what that's a reference to. Ratings on Tuesday. Did you ratings? Oh, there you go. It was Check. because of the NXT and the ratings. Right, Tuesday. right. And then he said that um, varsity athletes put the ratings in the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically because because NXT like had like loads of main roster got people on. Yeah, and they still lost. Uh, and they still lost. Oh, that was what it was a rating to. Yeah. Ah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, um, Mark Stone's about to do a run at the end, and Billy Gunn, who'd been ejected previously, comes back in, throws him back in, and they, there he gets his nuts. Thoroughly stomped. And everyone loves it, because everyone loves it when Mark Stone gets the shipping out of him. It's what he's there for. Right. Mark Stone. He's, he's fantastic. Uh, next up, we have a little backstage segment. Basically, Ortiz has got like a, an intervention for Eddie in the back, because Eddie's like, basically fucking himself up by like, 
you know, costing himself matches. And like, even the Lucha yeah. Brothers are like trying to. Uh, it's interesting the Lucha Brothers have come back on as Eddie's friends, which they've not been around for a while. Well, Pence is always Eddie's best friend. Pence is Eddie's uh, best friend. We know that. Yeah. Um, I, I love the way, like, as, as Eddie's kind of like seems to be taking everything on board and then packed just from the corner of the room, like, you're an embarrassment. You need some composure. And that just sets him off. He's like, well, motherfuck you. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait for Pac and Eddie to murder each other. <laughs> that time of the year where Pac and Eddie start killing each other, I love it. Yeah, just in time for Halloween. It'd be great. Um, next up, Hook just destroys Ari Davari. I mean, Ari Davari gets like a bit of like the first 90 seconds worth of um, offense, doesn't he? He tries to give Hook a load of cash and Hook just slaps out his hand. Yeah. And also... That was definitely not real cash. It looked way too big. Yeah. Uh, Jeeves K as well. I fucking love Jeeves K. Oh, he's great. Um, but yeah, Hook murders him basically because he's Hook and that's what he does. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Nice and easy. Um, we have a promo. Uh, basically, Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway, they own Matt Hardy's ass, so they're sending him to Dark Elevation to do a match on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matt Hardy does a rap. It was weird. Um, yeah. He's down with the kids, mate. It's fine. Um, he's got like seven kids, but you know what kids like. That's true. That's true. Uh, Willow Nightingale defeats Layla Gray. Fun match, really good match. Uh, but the most important thing in this segment is that Willow is all elite. Yeah, they surprised her, didn't they? That's that was, a, that was a, so a, cool. Tony just so Tony just rocks out and is like, "Yo, look at that!" And it's like the big graphic on the screen, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah apparently, according to Fightful, she signed a couple of weeks ago, but she didn't think she was getting the graphic. So when they finally showed, oh, the nice. Graphic, um, it was just like a nice little thing. Uh, also, they said that there's a few people who haven't had the graphic who are signed. Oh, right. We might get a graphic soon, or we might not. Who knows? Um, yeah, Jade comes out, tries to hijack the show, and then Nyla, Marie, Shafir, Vicky Guerrero steal Jade's car as well as a belt. Yes. Uh, and Jade stumps. There's a lot of security guards. I feel like Nyla's is awesome. just doing like her own version of all of the IT era with this. Yeah, Nyla's a fucking treasure. She's yeah, I love fucking, Nyla so much. She's so entertaining at the moment. I kind of wanted to be Jay uh, for the title. I kind of wanted to be Jay I for think the title. She deserves, I think, be, she deserves to be the first woman to hold both belts, I think, in that company. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jade's going to fucking end Nyla like, but <laughs> I, just by the fact that Jade's like going on a fucking killing spree. Yeah. She's on the warpath, absolutely. Uh, right then, onto the main event. I like this as well. So at the start, the Mark Henry promo. It's the triple threat now. Um, I'm just oh, using the match. So, so you had Roosh on one side and Ten on the other side. Of then Orange Cassidy just popped up in Mark Henry's window, like trying with to his do own mic. Yeah, with his own mic, trying to do Mark Henry's job. Yeah, uh, and Mark Henry, the way he's like interviewing Orange with his hand on his shoulder. <laughs> like, you yeah. can tell Mark Henry loves Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I think everyone loves Orange Cassidy. I, I, was it when we were on Tom Clock's podcast and I said, I think Orange Cassidy is low-key the smartest guy in professional wrestling? Yeah. And I, I think yeah. he really is. Uh, I, lo- I love everything about him. I love... So he's come... To, obviously, he's doing that thing with, with the backpack because he doesn't like carrying belts. Yeah. Which he did, right. he did on the Indies as well. Which yeah. Which is awesome. Um, so yeah, this is a triple threat match. Orange Cassidy, Roosh. Roosh's gear is getting insanely good. It's it, There's no need for Roosh's gear to be that, that amazing. Mm-hmm. Roosh looks like he murdered the Minotaur and skinned it for its pelt. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And Ten's got a new mask as well, which is like horror-themed, which looks really cool. Oh, the Jason Voorhees one? Yeah. That's, yeah. And he, he comes out with Brody as well, um, Brody Jr., mm-hmm. which is fucking awesome. 
Um, yeah, you'll have to see it. Uh, really, again, really fun match. Doesn't get too much time, but um, it was fast-paced. Uh, Rush and Ten. Like, they team up on Orange a fair few times, and then they realise, oh, fuck, no, we actually really hate each other, and then they just start battering each other again, which is which is nice. Yeah, um, yeah Rush is, like, low-key becoming my favourite wrestler in AEW. Rush, Rush is just... He's yeah, so he, fucking good. He's just low key incredible, isn't he? He's like you, you don't you don't you forget you keep forgetting how good he is, and then you see one of his matches and you're like, oh shit, no, this guy's really, yeah, you, really good. You forget how good he is, and then you just see him kicking the shit out of people and go, Yeah, Roosh is awesome. Yeah. Um I, I I love him. Um yeah, this is a really fun main event though. Um as you say, it didn't get as much time as it possibly could have, but it was still fun. Yeah, Orange Cassidy wins by sort of you sort of counters ten, doesn't he, into like a little sort of sit down pin. Yeah, and uh, yeah, picks up the win. Obviously, ten. Uh, I'm just going to win here, but then he's about to shake Ten's hand after the match or something, and then Roosh does Roosh go in to try and beat him up or something? Um, no, uh, I think Ten just walks off. Uh, it's and entered Dan. It's entered Danhausen helping Orange put the title back in the bag. Yeah, um, I like, or- like I, like- another- I like Orange's little thing. Oh. Where he goes to the turnbuckle and he only gets on to hit the bottom rope because it's too much effort to go to the top rope. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- there was a little exchange with a uh, Roosh and Ten. It looked like Ten was going to join Roosh, and then oh yeah, he just walks um, off, doesn't he? Yeah. Negative one comes out, and he realizes, oh no, wait, this is why I do this. What I do? Yeah. And picks up, walks off, and Roosh looks angry as fuck. And then he, Roosh, kind of teases that he's going to keep feuding with Orange Cassidy, which is nice. Yeah. So yeah, nice fun episode of Rampage. Nothing too consequential, but just a couple an hour of fun wrestling, really, wasn't it? And Congratulations yeah. to Will and Nightingale. We'd love to see it. You'd love to see it indeed. Uh, right then, we'll have our final break of the podcast. If you're on Jacks, you can have some Arctic Monkeys and some Placebo. And we'll pop back with a quick rundown of some Rest of the World Bits and Bobs. I've said it again. And we're back. Okay, so we're going to quickly go through a little bit of Rest of the World news. I've got one or two mm-hmm. things. And then we're going to have a quick rundown of this weekend's TNT Extreme Field show, which we've got quite a lot of matches announced for. So we'll just run, well, Jay will run that down Excalibur. Well, I'll run it down Excalibur's down and Jay can talk about them. How about that? I'll do it for a change. Uh, right. So first off, uh, PCO has signed a new deal with Impact. Per the report, you'll see him. I like this. It will see him stay until 31st of October, Halloween 2023. Very apt. Um, and this is interesting. He will have his own makeup artist provided by Impact Wrestling in order to further enhance the Frankenstein esque persona that he plays. It's actually Frankenstein's monster, mate. Frankenstein was a scientist. Yeah. Um, take take that up with the person from Cultaholic. I copy them, paste that. <laughs> <off>. um, <laughs> um, yeah, this this is cool. Um, that's, a, that's an interesting contract step that I've not seen before, like a personal makeup artist. Yeah, like that feels like something like a Bray Wyatt would get or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, PCO is just pound shop Bray Wyatt, isn't he, from Wish.com? Well, he's, he's sort of, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this, this is cool. Um, I mean, fair so play to PCO, man. He's, he's, found his, he's found his niche here, hasn't he? He's found his, he's found his, per, his place and he's, he's doing well. Yeah, he's gone from Mountie to Murder Pirate to whatever it is now that he does. Um, Just Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So next up um, then, uh, Game Changer Wrestling and DDT Pro have announced a joint event. GCW versus DDT will take place on March 31st, 2023 as part of the Collective 2023 plus DDT will hold its own event. DDT goes Hollywood on March 30th, 2023. Fuck me, the Collective's looking fucking all good already. Will, will Takeshita be all elite by that point? 
Takeshita's meant to be back like this week, isn't he? Yeah, he's coming back soon. He's he's been tweeting Cinnabon in anticipation. I'm pretty sure it's this week. Yeah. I'm, I'm like almost certain it's this week actually. Um which yes please. Um just give me Makita versus Ali Catch and I'll be fine with everything else you do. Yeah. Um and Chris Brooks versus who's a really good work rate guy in GCW. Jordan Oliver. Yes. That'll be <laughs> that'll be nice. Um, August have Chris Brooks kill Raddy Daddy. I'm I'm fine with that. That's how he dies in the Soviet. Yeah. Um yeah. Just just it'll just be good, won't it? Um, looking forward. Um uh, one last piece of GCW news. Uh, GCW have been teasing a partnership of sorts with WWE. When asked about Fight for Select, they refused to collaborate, but did indicate they would be announcing future streaming plans on November 1st. So basically, the rumor is, isn't it, that GCW are going to have some sort of like subscription model where you're going to just get access to all the shows for a monthly thing. Yeah, which would be great. Um, yeah, but it'd save us all a lot of money. Well, it'd save you a lot of money, and it'd save me watching on you. Yeah, but it'd save you a lot of money for me, which would be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, also um, the, the WWE thing it is to be said as well that it, it does sound like it's a bit of a rib. Oh like, yeah, very much. I still think there's, I still think the AW thing is is ongoing, and I think that I think this it's all smoke and mirrors. I think there's no. Brett can see John Moxley like working with GCW again despite his deal. So yeah, obviously there is that. Um, Sound right. We've yeah. got about. Five minutes left of time. Uh, oh, we're going to talk as qu- quickly as possible about TNT Extreme Fields. So if anyone doesn't know what TNT Extreme Fields is, it is an all-day wrestling show. It's in a nightclub in Liverpool called Electric, formerly the Crazy House. It is a wrestling show slash music festival. So they have bands on. They had Mark Andrews' band on last year, Junior. Um, they have a load of wrestling matches. They very clearly, they have uh, a lot of all the local promotions sort of featuring with guest spots as well. So I'll, I'll sort of point them out as we run down the card. It's, it's a massive card, and this is everything I can currently find on social media. So if we do miss a match or two, please, you know, bear with us. So starting out, we have uh, Tom Thurwa versus Nico Angelo for the TNT Ultra X Championship, which is going to be flippy boy brilliant. Yeah. Um, a rematch, isn't it? Yes. Uh, they ran it down in Cardiff at um, the, that WrestleMania. Was it the Clash of the Castle show? Because Nico, uh, Nico beat yeah, Tom for, Nico, the, for the title, Nico didn't he? For the title at Reign of Fire. So yeah. it's a rematch. Speaking of rematches, we also have the women's tag team titles rematch. So that's the current champions, She Wolves, versus the team they took the titles off, which is the Liverbirds. They took that was at uh, Supreme Extreme, the GCW Weekender. Uh, they're running that back as well. So oh, that's Molly, Sp- Molly Spartan and Casey Owens versus Lizzie Evo and Angel Hayes. Oh, Lizzie. Oh, Lizzie. Top friend of the podcast. That'll be amazing. Friend podcast. You want more top women's action? Okay, how about Alexis Falcon versus Millie McKenzie for the TNT Women's Championship? That's going to fucking bang. That's going to be... Yeah, we we saw that match actually at Progress, didn't we? Yes. And it that, did bang. It did. It's going to be absolutely insane. Um, yeah. Speaking of stuff that um, happened at GCW weekend, we've got unfinished business between Visage and Shea Monet. Uh, they're going to throw down. That'll be fucking tasty. Yeah. That's going to fucking bang. Yep, that's going to be off the chain. Um, yeah. scrolling up next up then another long running feud uh, Simon Miller versus Big Guns Joe they're going to come to it it's all going to come to a head that's going to be yeah bad. there's going to be a lot of bad blood in that one yeah man it's going to be good uh, a, a sort of a match I don't know what the hell how the hell this is gonna, what, what this is going to entail uh, Charles Crowley versus referee James Greenwood 
did you see Greenwood's been sweeping all like all his gear? Yeah, like, he's going to be wearing. <laughs> um, it so for anyone who hasn't seen it on Twitter, Charles Crowley's been a fucking menace. <laughs> he he posted he posted the promo where he was completely naked with like a monkey covering his junk. Yeah, um, just basically calling out Greenwood. Greenwood went, "No, I'm not going to wrestle yet." So then Ch- Crowley's response was him essentially doing a promo while he was insinuating that he was getting a blowjob off uh, James Greenwood's mum. Yeah. Top lad, Charles Crowley. Uh, next up then, we've got a death ma- Halloween death match for the World Extreme TNT Extreme Division Championship. Clint Malgera versus a man who's making a massive name for himself for the death match team, Lou Nixon. Oh, Lou Nixon's so good. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um Friend of the podcast, Tate Mathers, because you remind us that Tate is his greatness all over Scotty Rourke's broken body. Yeah. Um, and then before we get to the main TNT match, uh, there's the Crazy Elf Rumble, which will be great fun. Yeah, which is a winner gets a title shot at any title they want. Yeah. And because obviously we've got, um, it's, it's like a music festival, there's also representation from six other com- companies. Um, I don't think there's any more other than these, so I'll go through them quickly. So, Wrestle Island, uh, I know you're a big fan of Wrestle Island, big taste. Love a bit of Wrestle Island. Their world champion, uh, Lance Rivera, is defending it his belt against the current Wrestle Island women's champion, Harley Hudson. Yep. Sov Pro, uh, Sovereign Pro Wrestling from Manchester, they've got Danny Proper versus Bullet. Um, the Bullet is Spike Trevay's uh, lackey, by the way, Tory Wardlow. Yes. Um, the Lancashire Wrestling Federation, um, LWF champion Danny Getchy is defending against one of Joe's favourite wrestlers, Aiton Steen. Nice. Who's like creepy Darby Allen. Pretty good. Um, we've got Pro Wrestling Chaos. Um, they're all... What's that say? All, all, Wales, all Wales Championship. All Wales Championship. God. Can't read that. Um, Bronco Brendan White is defending against Harrison Bennett. That'll probably be a banger. Bronco That'll be Berry. stiff. Yeah. Um, we've got a fatal four-way for the North. I don't think it's for the North Championship. I think it's just a North match. Uh, Leon Slater versus Liam Slater versus Will Cruz versus Jack Bandicoot. Um, we saw cool. we saw Slater v Slater at Progress and it banged. So if that's, if that's half as good as that match, it'll be amazing. Also, Gene Money said that Jack Bandicoot is very good. Oh, so. right. Fair. I, I trust Gene. Uh, and then infamous pro wrestling from uh, Runcorn, Joey Hayes versus Dylan Roberts. That'll be fun. Yeah, that will also be fun. A lot of fun will be had by all. And then and in the main in the main event. A match yeah. that I, I didn't know I wanted until we got it, and now I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, the TN, for the TNT World Championship, we've got Dan Maloney defending against Mike Bird. Mike Bird, yeah. the man who did all of the murder in the um, Super Smash. Top murder boy, Mike Bird. Well, yeah. murder man. Oh, my boy, he'll fuck you up. Yeah. Um, well, telling you why he hates Thatcher. <laughs> probably. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the promo that he, he cut to announce this match, uh, the TNT put out, it's phenomenal. Um, go watch it. Guy's so good. Um, I'm really excited for this show. Also, goes out, well, bears saying we will be a part of this show, like yep. an actual podcast in attendance. Um, so come and say hello if you want to come and say hi come and yeah. chat wrestling with us we'll, um, we'll be about giving out stickers we'll be doing some 
interviewing as well. Um, yeah, there's also there's an arcade there. There is um, live bands playing because it's across three floors. And there's going to be obviously merch, a couple of uh, other stands as well, I think. Yeah, they've got uh, some traders and stuff. It's like it's like a real festival, like a one-day festival. It's it's a really cool vibe. Yeah, so come and come check it out and come and say really hello if you're there. Day. Yeah, if you want to say hello to your boys, myself, Big Tasty, and Troy will be there repping yep. the Undisputed. Unders- the undisputed the 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 era. We are not affiliated with the undisputed era. Yes. Uh, but yeah, please do come check us out. If you're not, then we'll see you next week. Please, as always, enjoy your wrestling, and we'll see you all real soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast Housing. <laughs>